Hey, this is Latif Mikado, and you're listening to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, where I take some time each night to try and reflect on the freestyle scene, where it is, where it's going, and try to figure out how to sustain it, not just for future generations to enjoy, but also to benefit. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some freestyle. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Latif, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast. And this is episode 112. It's a beautiful night, Tuesday night, nice and cool. I'm back outside. I probably need to take a picture of how I, uh, of, of where I'm at when I actually do these podcasts because you guys will trip out. Um, I'm actually leaning on the hood of my Jeep. <laughs> so, and I'm looking out towards the street. There's nobody out here. <laughs> Once in a while, maybe around in the next maybe 10, 15 minutes, there'll be some guy that comes by with his dog, which is why I don't bring my dog out because uh, we'll have a little barking fest in the middle of the podcast, you know. But um, but you know what, man? It's it's pretty um, it's peaceful out here, you know. Growing up, I never in my life would have. I, matter of fact, not that. I never in my life would have thought I would have moved to a place like this. I said it. I used to say it all the time. As a matter of fact, it feels like I said it really not too long ago. And I've been out here about 13 years now. So, of course, I've said it a while ago. Um, but having um, even living in a house, I grew up in an apartment, in an apartment complex in the Bronx. It was only four story. It was two stories um, four apartments. So it was two people downstairs, and then the two the two two apartments downstairs and two apartments upstairs. I lived upstairs, um, and one of my best friends lived across the hall. And I, I remember that I live. I remember living there. You know, pretty clear. A lot is pretty clear there. Um, and then we ended up moving to Queens. Um, but houses, houses always creeped me out. Believe it or not, and. I was never, you know, the houses that I visit in the past were usually older houses, my family or whatever. The houses were old. We didn't, I never went to really modern houses, so all lit up. You know, the houses I used to visit were pretty dark, beautiful homes. Don't get me wrong. They were, they were beautiful. My family kept really nice homes. But they were dark, you know, because they're old. You know, old fixtures. You don't have this, uh, um, you know, those the, the lighting, what they call them, the ones that go... They, forgot the name of them but they go inside the uh the ceiling um and it lights up like the whole room or the whole kitchen nah that didn't exist and one of the reasons i'll tell you the truth i'm gonna be straight up with you one of the reasons why i didn't like homes is i was scared man i grew up scared as shit i know to this day i don't watch um scary movies man i really don't i don't watch scary movies i just they creep me the fuck out. <laughs> Starting with The Exorcist. The Exorcist creeped me the hell out. And the one who brought me to see The Exorcist was my sister Cindy. And I remember I kept telling my mother, I wanna go, I wanna go. And she was like, she was like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take it. My sister was like, I'll take him. And I'll tell you, man. And I thought I was the only one, but let me tell you, I see on social media people talk about it, and everybody says the same thing. That movie scarred us, all of us. The movies that scarred us back then was Jaws, 
the exorcist, the omen. Uh, what else? What else? I mean, those are the only ones that really pop out to me. Those things creep me to freak out, you know, because they were real. Think about it. All of those things were, well, you know, they could be real, <laughs> you know. So, it, you know, alien movies on I like those. I enjoyed those. Those were okay. But those scary movies, man, they scared the hell out of me. If you notice, all those people lived in homes, you know. Except Rosemary's Baby. I think that was in an apartment. But that was an old-ass, creepy apartment. And I never liked that movie anyway. So, that, that movie... Any of those devil movies, man, always creep me the hell out. I never liked that shit, man. That, that always bugged me the hell out. And uh, even to this day, when I see The Exorcist on a picture or something... Really? I turn my head, man. I can't watch it. I can't watch it. I think I took my Adam... My, my, my son Adam uh, wants to, to go see it. And uh, creep me out again. I thought I was going to creep him out. I didn't creep him out. I creeped me out. You know, the most stupid movies like The Leprechaun and Friday the 13th. Eh, I was never into them, man. But that was one of the reasons why I never wanted a house. And I remember saying this. I always thought, you know, houses had ghosts and they were possessed and this and that. And eh, maybe they are. You know, I haven't seen anything in my house yet. Um, but I had a, I owned a few old houses and they were creepy as hell. They really was. I had one house out here that everybody made fun of. It was a beautiful house though. It was like 3,200 square feet. It was all wood. It was built, I think in 1901. Now this is 1901 down South in North Carolina. So you could ch- just imagine the craziness that that, that was, that the house must have experienced in those days. You know, it was, it was crazy, but it was a creepy house for, I think I owned it for like six years, maybe seven years. And I think for the first three years, I would not go in the house by myself. I would not. Angel would. She's just crazy. She would go in the house. Sometimes she would want to mow the lawn. So I would drive her over there with the lawnmower, drop her off. Then I would come home, do a few things. And she would go in, she would mow the lawn, go into the house, use the bathroom, walk around, explore, blah. I was like, man, but she always had a good feeling for the house. I did too later on. Like later on, man, I appreciated the house. Actually, when I sold it, right after I sold it, all of a sudden, all these new ideas came up in my head about what I should have done with the house. I really wasn't interested. I was a bad landlord. I wasn't interested in renting these things. I like owning them. I really wanted to use them for my own purpose. And the church house, the old house, that was my, my idea. And um, and it was like, as soon as I sold the house, man, all of a sudden, I saw a movie where they used the house very similar to what I wanted to do. And they made that shit look so dope. And it, it worked. And I started looking at the house they used. They looked just like this one. I told Angel, I said, oh, my God. I'm sick to my stomach. I, I really didn't have to. You know, I didn't have to sell the house. I sold it and paid off some, paid down some taxes. But I didn't need to sell the house. I held it for so many years um, with no renters. I mean, I think I had what? Just in this town alone, I owned one, two, three. I owned four houses at the same time. And then I had one. I had two more. I had one in Florida. I had one in Puerto Rico. And they were all paid for. Um, and I kept... The one in Florida, I had tenants. 
Puerto Rico had tenants for like 20 years, same tenants. So when I bought the house, I bought it with the tenants. Uh, the other houses, I tried renting them out. I just wasn't good, man, because I'm not handy. I'm not good with any of that stuff. But, but um, yo, and then I also I owned a house in the Bronx, which was actually my first house that I owned. That that house was built in, I believe it was 1887. So that house was even older than the one that was out here. The only thing, the one out here was a house house. The one on Intervale in the Bronx was a building, but it was, you know, it was supposed to have been one, you know, one family building. It was like a mini mansion. It was a brownstone. It was dope. It was dope, but it, it had its creepiness also, you know? And, um, but I did some work to the house. I was able to brighten it up and put some lighting and, you know, I kind of, I made it pretty pleasant place to be. Uh, we ended up leaving there because of the hood. We were in the hood, man. They found body parts in my garbage cans. That's when we were like, yo. And we had a home invasion one time. Me and Angel came back from a show from California. We don't sleep during the day. I don't like to sleep during the day. But we got in. We took a red eye in. We basically were up the whole night. By the time we got home, like, we were done. And um, when we got in, uh, um, I forgot. Adam was, uh, was Adam there? Well, I think we, no, we went by, we picked Adam up, and we brought him home, and uh, I forgot who, I think he was, he might have been staying with his mom or whatever, and we picked him up, we brought him home early in the morning, he was going to school, and I remember walking him out, I remember walking him out to go to school, and it was about 7 o'clock in the morning, his school was like right up the block, so it took 20 minutes for him to get there. That I came in, I remember throwing covers over the the windows because the light was still seeping through the curtains. And I needed to be dark in it. We needed to get some sleep. And I remember laying there, we had like those, um, uh, they called them railroad apartments. That was the house. That's how the, the rooms were, the apartments. Had an apartment upstairs, an apartment downstairs. So we lived in the downstairs apartment. And it's like one room led into the other. So like, let's say you go from the bedroom. From the bedroom, you go into the dining room. From the dining room, there was a door that took you right into the first bedroom. That first bedroom had a door that took you into the second door, into the second bedroom. But each one of those rooms also had a door that led you out into a main hallway. So it was... It was weird the way it was uh, it was um, lined up, but from our bedroom we can see Adam's room. You know the doors closed. We always kept that door closed, and um, I remember getting him, letting him out, and I went to go lay down. And it seemed like to me it seemed like it was only like five minutes later, I because I saw a light turn on underneath his door. So in my mind I'm like, okay, he probably forgot something because that's. That's how soon it seemed. It seemed like I just let him out. I laid down, and then he came back in. So I see the light in his room turn on. So I pay it really no mind because I'm, I'm a little sleepy. And I'm like, I just want to sleep. All of a sudden, I open my eyes, and I look at the, the VCR, the DVD player, which had a clock on it. And the clock said 9 a.m., now, I let Adam out at 7 a.m., so no, it wasn't five minutes later like I thought. It was over two hours, 
And because I think it was like 9.25. And just when I noticed that, I sat up in bed. And as soon as I sat up in bed, there was some guy who came from his bedroom and he had his head. He was sticking, sticking in, looking out. And I said, I used to have this aluminum bat right next to my bed. I said, there's somebody in the fucking house. And I grabbed, went to grab the bat. Andrew jumped off the other side, fell off the other side of the bed. I went to go grab the bat. It was an aluminum bat. But I was so nervous and I moved so fast that instead of grabbing the bat, I hit the bat. So instead, I plunged up from the bed and I charged at the guy and I remember hitting him. And I don't know how the door, I don't know what I did, but the door and the door opened up into my bedroom. But I don't know how I made that door come off the hinges, like the top part, just totally. But I remember hitting this guy. I remember him flying, I guess, against the door. And then he ran out um, through Adam's room into that little dining area, which was my office. Okay. Now I was able to grab him there. I grabbed this guy there in the office and I remember picking him up. Now he was a tall dude. He wasn't skinny, but he wasn't that big either. You know, you could tell he was on drugs. And I picked him up. All I had on was um, boxer shorts, boxer underwears, no shirt, no socks, shoes, nothing. And I remember picking this guy up. It felt like I picked him up over my head and I body slammed him. But when I body slammed him, we had wooden floors, natural wooden floors. When I body slammed him, I swear, it was almost like he bounced up onto his feet. And then he tried to run. And I grabbed him again and I threw him down. And I was trying to just try to crush him down. He started yelling out in Spanish. Now, my Spanish sucks, but it was almost like he was yelling to let whoever's there either to help him or to let them know that somebody that we're home the guy i guess had no idea that we were home so then he broke away from me again i chased him into the little living room and then from the little living room he went out into the hallway which i grabbed him again and this time i grabbed him up against the door the wall and i picked him up i threw him on the staircase Angel's uncle lived upstairs and he started to come down. And when he came down, he stopped. And I yelled, I said, go back up. Because he was old. He was like, that's how he was in his 80s. So he went up. I guess he went and called the cops. And um, I, all of a sudden, I started punching this dude. And I was like hitting this guy. Like every punch that I threw was hit. But I was getting so damn tired. Like my arms felt like they were going to fall off. Then all of a sudden, I jumped up and I grabbed this guy in the, in the headlock. And I remember saying to myself, I said, you know what? The dude broke in and I'm either going to put him to sleep or I'm going to kill him, one or the other. So I started to just squeeze and crush his neck. When all of a sudden, Angel came from the side with the same bat that I knocked over and she started to slam the dude in the ribs. <laughs> so I grabbed the, the bat from her and I had it like choked up, like I was holding it like in the middle of the bat. And I remember grabbing him by his, uh, by his collar, his shirt. I started slamming him over the head and he was he just reached out he was trying to get out like so he was reaching out uh for the door when finally you know i kept on hitting him and the angel you freaked out she goes let him go let him go you're gonna kill him you're gonna kill him and just then i let him out and i swear this dude ran out of that building like a rat he ran out through the two doors that let out and then he jumped over the little fence uh, the little gate in front of my steps and he took off running and I remember camp coming in, dropping the bat. I remember my arms felt like they weighed a ton. And it felt like they weighed a ton. 
I used to box. I remember when I used to go into these these bouts, and sometimes, man, I used to be punching with all my might. I remember my arms used to feel like I couldn't hold them up. So the cops come, right, and I'm sitting down um, in the living room when the cops come. So the cops come. I'm still kind of in shock. I'm still a little bit out of breath. And the EMT workers come in, um, and... Um, I'm sitting there and I look at my arm. Now, this is the arm that I took the guy in the headlock. And when I looked at my arm, all of a sudden I saw it looked like a ball. I swear, it was about the size of a golf ball. My arm was just, there was a ball. It, was, it seemed like he was just, I don't know if he, what he was trying to do was trying to break, trying to bite me. But the guy had no teeth. He had no teeth in his mouth, but he bit me so hard, it didn't break the skin, that was almost like a huge hickey, but he like sucked all the blood, I don't know what the hell, because I didn't feel a thing, man, the adrenaline man had me like numb, and I remember looking down at this thing, and I was like, what the hell is it? And when they looked, they could see the gum marks. So they knew what happened, the EMTs. Then all of a sudden, I hear Angel tell the lady, it was a lady EMT, saying, yeah, because uh, she was like, are you hurt anywhere else? And Angel said, yeah, check his head, because I was bleeding on my forehead. And I said, I said and I looked, I didn't know. She goes, what, what happened? And he goes, she goes, he got hit with a paddle, because we play paddle ball with the wooden paddles. Now, I don't remember any of this to this day. And I yelled at her, like, not, you know, but I said, I said, nobody hit me no damn paddle. And she goes, yes, they did. I'm like, now she saw this. I didn't see it. I didn't realize the guy had a paddle. So the cop had me escort him to the back room, to our bedroom. And sure enough, there was my paddle and there was like a little chip on it. It had broken off. And I had never felt that. I never saw this. I never knew this guy did this. In the in my office, have a safe, and the safe was on the side, and they had a hammer and a screwdriver. It looked like they were trying to break into the safe. What they didn't realize is that I never keep anything you know important in the safe. It's only like fireproof shit, like you know birth certificates. Like back then, I used to keep like bat tapes and stuff like that. And um, they didn't realize I had a sticker in the bottom of the the safe with the with the um combination on it <laughs> so they spent all that time trying to chisel it open nah that wasn't that was never gonna happen you couldn't even lift that safe there was no way in the world you could unless you're gonna take it and put it right into a truck but those crackheads were not gonna do that so but anyway um i ended up going to the to the hospital and uh they gave me a because they, they didn't break skin but they weren't sure and they didn't catch the guy so they they gave me um hiv test and all this i guess whatever it is that they had to give me um it took a while before they finally caught the guy and i was so close up the guy on the guy when i was fighting him that i didn't really get a good look at him so when we went to the precinct and we did they were showing us the the mug shots, I picked the wrong guy. Like, I, I was not sure. Angel picked the right guy. And sure enough, eventually, they caught him. And we ended up going to trial. And I remember this happening so fast. Like, they brought the guy to trial. And the guy won trial. He won the trial. He ended up 
getting released because of the ability, the, the fact that I couldn't point him out. In the, not that I couldn't point him out, I pointed to the wrong guy. And so they end up letting him go. And I remember them asking me if I had anything to say to the jury because it was a jury. And I remember looking at the jury and telling them because they, you know, I said, I said, I'll tell you one thing right now. I said, a guy's never going to come back to my house. And I kind of looked at everybody else to say, you know, he might end up at one of your houses. So you just you let, you let go of somebody who could be pretty dangerous. Now, this was the funny thing. This was well, not funny, but this was the creepy thing that happened. The dude was HIV positive. Now, this, that just, to this day, is like incredible. Had this guy, and he knew this. He knew this, and I guess he was doing everything in his power to try to break my skin. And I doubt if this guy's even alive now. He was a mess back then. Um, but thank God he had no teeth, because if he had no teeth, I don't think there'll be any uh, good night freestyle podcast going on. Uh, yeah, because this was uh, about 14 years ago now, so maybe more, maybe 15 years. Who knows? I would have been done already. I would have been fried or sick as hell. Who knows? But uh, yeah. So, and that was the reason why we moved out here. That was well. That was the. That was the final thing that happened. You know, I saw the danger that it put my son. Had my son been there, like it could have been a really, really bad scene. It could have been horrible. And the Bronx, where we lived in the South Bronx, was getting really bad. Like I mentioned before, they found body parts in our garbage can. Some crackhead girl ended up uh, cutting up her boyfriend, you know, killed him over some crack, and then cut him up, put him in separate bags of garbage, and went around the Bronx uh, dropping bags off at um, different garbage cans in the area. And it was like right up the block from me. So all the garbage cans that she passed, that she dropped off the body parts, was in the area. And so they had her in the car and they had, they drove her around. They had her point out um, all the places where there was garbage. I remember I was looking out my window and I'm like, I see the cops in my garbage. I'm, I tell Angel, I'm like, what are they doing? So I go outside and they're walking away with a bag of garbage. <laughs> so I'm like, what the hell happened? So, but they wouldn't tell me anything. I found out through the barber. My barber, my barber told me, he said, because I spoke to him, like, I think it was that night. And he, he brought, yeah, I remember bringing it up. I, no, he brought up what had happened about the some girl um, who chopped up her, her boyfriend and then, and then distributed his body parts in different garbage cans. And I looked at him, I said, yo, <laughs> they, they were at my house. They took, they took some garbage. <laughs> so, yeah, man, you know. Listen, I was born and raised in the Bronx, so was uh, so was Angel, but it was time to go. I thank God I didn't have to raise my kids there. So it was good when we grew up. It was fun. It was different. It was a different world, and I would never have changed that ever. I would never have wanted to be raised here in North Carolina or anywhere else. I'm very happy I was born and raised in the Bronx. It was a beautiful time. Some of the best memories of my life, but I wasn't there. I wasn't ready for the second go round. Not with my kids. The world changed, the people changed, shit got really, really bad, got really, really dangerous. So, but anyway, I just want to share that story with you guys. 
I'm hoping you guys are doing well. Everybody's staying home, staying safe. Um, I'm chilling. Knees still bothering me. I'm on painkillers right now. Um, but I'm good. I'm good. Just trying to kick back a little bit, get some stuff done. Thanks for the love on the TikToks, y'all. I really appreciate it. Um, and that's pretty much it. So be cool. And until tomorrow night, good night, freestyle. Before I lay me down to sleep, I pray to hear a freestyle beat. For if I die before I wake, I hope to make it to the break.